Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing on this Jobs Friday. It is on to a long holiday weekend. Folks from New York Air Show ringing that closing bell. Stocks edged higher with an earlier rally, losing some steam amid underwhelming labor market data that did little to bolster confidence growth will be steady enough to support stronger corporate earnings. Alan Kruger is a professor of economics at Princeton, and he was interviewed today right here on the Bloomberg Advantage. Things look okay to me. Uh, I think we're going to grow at about 2% this year. Uh, having the consumer power the recovery, I think that's actually very helpful. Consumers account for 70% of the U.S. economy. So uh, seeing households in a stronger position with higher income, with uh, lower gasoline prices, I think that should support the economy. Payrolls grew at a slower but solid pace in August. While measures of labor slack were little changed, the Labor Department said payrolls climbed by 151,000 last month following a 275,000 gain in July that was larger than previously estimated. The unemployment rate did hold steady at 4.9%. So equities climbed today with the S&P 500 index up nine points to 2179, a gain of four tenths of one percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 72 points to 18 1,491, a gain of four-tenths of one percent, and NASDAQ was up 22 points, a gain there of four-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 9.30 seconds with a yield of 1.60 percent. Gold also advancing today up nine-tenths of one percent, up 12.40 the ounce to 13.26. Crude oil up 2.4 percent, up 105 a barrel. West Texas Intermediate Crude at 44.22. Brent Crude up today by 2.6 percent. Lululemon Athletica shares falling the most in almost nine months after its forecast missed some estimates. Lululemon down 10.6%. Again, the S&P up nine, a gain of four-tenths of 1%. 402 on Wall Street. Now let's look at other news from around the world on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. Russian President Vladimir Putin sat down for a rare and exclusive interview with Bloomberg Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite. Speaking through an interpreter, Putin refused to take sides in the U.S. presidential race, in which he's been accused of secretly favoring Donald Trump. We will work with any administration, with any president, who will win the support of the American people, if, of course, they want to cooperate with Russia. Putin also refuted allegations that the Kremlin has interfered with the presidential election in the U.S., Tropical storm Hermine is now moving north, heading for the Carolinas. Emergency workers in Florida are assessing damage from the storm, which was a hurricane when it made landfall there. Governor Rick Scott is underscoring the dangers of lingering standing water because of the threat of Zika. It is incredibly important that everyone does their part to combat the Zika virus by dumping standing water, no matter how small. Potential heavy rains from Hermine over the Labor Day weekend could be a boon for farmers upstate who have been struggling through the drought this summer. More than 25 years after it started, officials gathered in Bayonne, New Jersey, to celebrate the completion of a $2.1 billion project to deepen navigation channels in New York Harbor. The project to deepen 38 miles of channels to 50 feet started in 1989. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel's party leader in the Chicago City Council says the mayor plans to hire hundreds more police officers after the city's deadliest month in decades. But the mayor's office says it cannot confirm that. Yesterday, police announced there were 90 homicides in Chicago during August, making it the most violent single month in the city since August 1996. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts 
in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping an up Friday, Jobs Friday with the S&P up 9 to 2179, a gain there of four-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I feel the earth move under my feet. You move like they do. I've never seen anyone move that fast. All right, people, let's move like we've got a purpose. called Movers and Shakers. They cost a little more, but that name cracked me up. Bloomberg Taking Stock, Movers and Shakers, with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. We're live at the U.S. Tennis Open here in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park, Queens. A lot of moving and shaking out on the tennis courts and a lot of moving and shaking in the stock market today. Let's jump inside the S&P 500. I'd say this day was definitely tilted to the upside with 396 gainers, 106 losers, three unchanged. Dave Wilson is back in Bloomberg World Headquarters to kick off movers and shakers. Let's take a look at one of the best performers in the S&P 500 today, and that would be Biogen. The drug maker's proposed treatment for early Alzheimer's disease received a fast-track designation from U.S. regulators. The status may help accelerate approval in the drug, uh, which is now in final stage trials. And that uh, positive development led to a gain for Biogen of 2.5% in today's trade. Well, Dave, I want to take a look at Lululemon. Uh, you know how I love retailers of all kinds. And, of course, I'm at the U.S. Open. Tennis sports is on my mind. But I'll tell you, the definitely uh, on the market's mind today, Lululemon falling the most in nine months. Its forecast missed some estimates, and there's a lot of concern now about slower demand and all this big, big competition. Lululemon uh, share price down 10.5% of the close, $68.57. Foot traffic was sluggish last quarter. Maybe people aren't going to the mall as much. Maybe it's that online shopping cutting into their market. Uh, mounting competition, not just from the internet, but in the yoga wear market. Nike, so many other ri- rivals are pushing deeper into the category. John Morris, an analyst over at BMO Capital Market, said weak traffic trends will likely continue to weigh on comparable sales going into the back half. We would have to see traffic improve going into the holiday season before getting more constructive on the stock. Well, since we're talking athletic apparel, why not Under Armour? Their chief executive, Kevin Plank, who actually founded the company, plans to sell as many as 2.1 million shares starting in October. Plank entered into a prearranged stock trading plan that will be active for nine months. I mean, he'll still have about 32 million Class C shares of Under Armour. These are non-voting shares uh, if he completes all the sales. Nonetheless, the idea of Plank backing away from Under Armour didn't go over so well. Under Armour's Class C shares and also their voting Class A shares down about 3%. Okay. The, I still call it the gap, Dave. It's gap. It's shares of Gap down today. In fact, at the close, losing more than 2.5% to $23.92. And it's just all pretty much on sales. 
Uh, companies comparable store sales for August down 3% versus a 2% drop a year ago. Uh, if you look at Gap, you kind of break it down a little bit versus Gap and the other parts of the company. Comp sales down 5%. That compares with a decline of 8% last year. Banana Republic, same store sales down 10% uh, compared to 11% decrease last year. Old Navy comps rose 1%. A year ago, though, they increased by 6%. Kind of a tough week for, for uh, Gap, isn't it? Because they had that big, big fire at their fish kill distribution center. The Gap saying today they've activated extensive contingency plans designed to help mitigate the overall impact to the business including leveraging its North American network of distribution centers and ship-from-store capabilities. So important because a lot of their online sales come out of Fishkill. Well, let's talk about VeriSign. Barely the best performer in the S&P 500 today, but the best nonetheless. The Internet Registrar, according to Cowan, probably won't face a material adverse outcome, in their words, on a proposed six-year extension of a contract to oversee dot-com addresses. Now, Cowan drew this conclusion from a letter that the U.S. Justice Department sent to Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who heads a uh, committee that's looking into the potential extension. So the prospect of more business for VeriSign sent that stock higher by 5.6%. Time now for the Volatility Index Report, brought to you by CBOE, VIX, Options, and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE, VIX, Options, and Futures. See disclosures, learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes VIX. Well, uh, quite a drop in volatility today in the VIX, uh, a point and a half to 11.94. This is only its second drop in 10 days. And, in fact, the VIX is coming off its biggest monthly increase in a year after surging in late August from its lowest level since 2014. Team. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? We're going for a price on Wilson. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave. Hey, Mr. Wilson! Mr. Wilson, Liberty Tax, what happened? Well... Well, let's go back to the beginning with this one, Kathleen. I mean, companies don't need to make an initial public offering to list their shares. And one company that skipped the sale is Liberty Tax, whose stock started trading on NASDAQ in June 2012. Now, Liberty Tax is headed by John Hewitt, who co-founded rival Jackson Hewitt after working at industry leader H&R Block. Liberty filed for an IPO in 2011 and then decided against proceeding it. The company obtained a listing to make it easier to buy and sell shares. The ticker symbol was an obvious choice. Tax, T-A-X. Liberty Tax has been up and down since going public. The up phase lasted through November 2014 when the stock peaked at a record $39.60. Then came the down phase in which almost all of the post-listing gains were lost. Liberty Tax's low was $9.95 reached in May. The stock's attempt at a recovery faltered today after fiscal first quarter results were released. Revenue failed to meet analysts' average estimate in the Bloomberg survey. Now, Liberty Tax, like it appears, doesn't generate a whole lot of revenue uh, at this time of year. Most of it comes during tax season, as you might imagine. Nonetheless, Liberty Tax fell as much as 9.2% today in the wake of its report before closing with a loss of 5.2%. The decline, even though it was a whole lot smaller, was still the steepest since April. Uh, quick final question, Dave. Sentiment. What's going to happen on Tuesday? What's what's up for the rest of this year, do you think? 
Well, at this point, it really is a matter of how does Fed policy unfold? How does earnings unfold? And we really won't get a handle on either of those key questions for a few weeks because we have the uh, Fed policy meeting coming up later this month. And then it's going to be another month or so before we start getting any kind of earnings reports or uh, much in the way of guidance for the S&P 500. Only a couple of companies reporting next week. All right. But you'll be there. That's all we need. Dave Wilson, our stocks editor. I'm Kathleen Hayes, and this is Bloomberg. The Tennis Channel. One of our first guests on the show today said it has done so much. Headed up by Ken Solomon, CEO and chairman of the board, to bring tennis to the masses, increase interest in the sport. Coming up now on Bloomberg Radio.